The student ministry podcast you're about to hear is a sermon preached by Brother Kerry Schmidt at the 2010 Lancaster Baptist Winter Retreat. Brother Schmidt serves as the youth pastor at Lancaster Baptist Church, and we hope this message will be a blessing to you. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. I want to look at Daniel chapter 6, and uh, let's look at verse 1. It pleased Darius, that's the king, to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was found in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, verse 4, talking about jealousy. Jealousy is a product of a wrong spirit because look at these guys. And then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Awesome. Daniel had this excellent spirit. Nobody could pin him down. Nobody could find anything wrong in his life, in his public testimony. So these guys, the only way they could find anything against him is if they made a law against something right. The only way they could pin Daniel down and nail him was if they got the king to somehow make a law against Daniel's God because they knew Daniel would not defy his God. They knew his first love and his commitment was to God. But I love this this verse where it says he was, verse 3, preferred above the presidents and princes. Why? Because an excellent spirit was found in him. Write this statement down. People with a good attitude go farther. People with a good attitude go farther. In all of life, It's always the people with a good attitude that come ahead. They always end up on the winning edge. They always end up having greater blessings, greater favor, uh, and a better life. People with a good attitude go farther. Now, I want you to write down the words excellent spirit, and I want to define them for you. What are we talking about when we say an excellent spirit? I want you to think about this. An excellent spirit, and I wrote down three, again, this is kind of like another equation, okay? I wrote down three aspects of an excellent spirit. It is first, an exceptional attitude of the heart. An exceptional attitude of the heart. This isn't fake, okay? This is not something I'm faking or putting on. This isn't for show. Uh, This is not just to placate or just to get by or just to fit in or just to keep somebody off my back or stay out of trouble. This is genuine. It's from the heart. It's an exceptional attitude from the heart, comma, second part of this. It's not dependent on my circumstances. It's not dependent on my circumstances. So this is a really, really good attitude that flows from my heart. It's not fake or phony. It's not hypocritical. It's just really sincere. 
it is not dependent on my circumstances. So regardless of what happening, what's happening around me, if I got my way or didn't get my way, if I got to room with who I wanted to room with or not, if I, if I got to ride the ride I wanted to ride or have the meal I wanted to have or have the friend I wanted to have, or does, my circumstances can't take this away, okay? It's not dependent on the momentary surface things that are happening around me. And then thirdly, write this down or, or put a comma, it affects all of the rest of my life, my whole life. It affects my whole life. So it's, it's this really good, exceptional attitude that starts in my heart, can't be changed by my circumstances, and it flows into all of my life. It flows into all of my relationships. It flows into all of the environments that I'm in. At home, in the kitchen, in my bedroom, in the car with my family, at school, in the class I least like, with the teacher that I least like, around people that I may not like, at a sports team, on a bus, to and from, at a park, at a hotel. All, in every environment, this great spirit, this great attitude, just kind of finds its way everywhere I go in all parts of my life, it's there. So it's a really, really good attitude. It is not dependent on my circumstances, and it affects all of the rest of my life. Now think about Daniel. Daniel probably didn't even want to be in Babylon. He was essentially kidnapped and taken there. So all the circumstances of his life, as he knows them by this time, by this time he's an adult man, for years and years and years, he has not had the life that he expected to have. He hasn't had the circumstances that he wanted. He would have rather been back home with family and friends, back in Jerusalem. He would have rather had his own, be able to write his own ticket. But God was sovereign in Daniel's life, and God allowed some circumstances to happen in his life that were beyond his control. And in the face of those circumstances, Daniel made a choice. He said, even though I got kidnapped, even though I got taken away from home, even though things aren't going the way I wanted them to go, or my life is not anything like I wanted it to be, I can still make a choice to have a great spirit, an exceptional attitude that comes from my heart in sincerity, an exceptional attitude that finds its way into the rest of my life and that isn't dependent on whether or not things go my way, things go the way I want them to go. Here's another statement I want you to write down. Your spirit is not a reflection of your circumstances. It is a reflection of your heart. Your spirit is not a reflection of your circumstances. It's a reflection of your heart. Yesterday, I took, I took Haley. We had a family day about a week ago. We went out on Saturday, took Saturday off, and we decided uh, about... 9.30 or 10, we decided we're going to go out, we're going to get some breakfast, and then we're going to go uh, over to Ventura. We're going to go to the beach. Not to swim, just to kind of hang out, walk on the beach and see stuff. So listen to how, how this happened. And Haley, remember, she's nine, okay? We left the house, we went to Primo Burger, we got breakfast. Everybody got what they wanted, it was delicious. If we stopped right there, it's already been a good day. You know, If we go home after this, it's already been a good day. Some days before this, Haley had a whole bunch of her DS games. She has this Nintendo DS, and she got a whole bunch of her games stolen. 
she had him at a basketball game and her and her little friends were playing with him and one of the girls she was playing with took her games. We don't know which one, but they're gone. And there's probably, I don't know, six or seven games in there that she's gotten over the last couple of years. So she came to me after the game. She was just devastated, crying. You know, that'll give you a bad spirit, you know, getting your DS games stolen. Um, and uh, I, But I told her, I said, it's just games. You know what? It's okay, Haley. We'll replace those games over time. We'll, we'll buy other. Maybe you'll even get some new games you, you wanted or something like that. And I calmed her down. And so I, just driving down the freeway on the way to Ventura, I thought, hey, let's get off and we'll go to GameStop. And Lance and Larry have been wanting to upgrade their phone. We'll go look at AT&T phones and see what the upgrade prices are and all that kind of stuff. So we got off the freeway. I let, let Dana go into the mall. And I took Lance and Larry over to AT&T. And we spent 30 minutes or so. And Haley got a couple DS games, and Lance and Larry did not get a phone, and uh, we got in the car, and uh, we started driving over. So Haley's, man, she's already had breakfast out with the family. She's got two DS games um, that we got used at GameStop. She's all excited about that. I mean, by now, I'm like the hero. You know, she hugs me like, hey, Dad, you're awesome. Thank you. None of this was in the plan for the day. I mean, we could have gotten up and said, okay, you scoop the yard, you mow the yard, you clean the garage, and you... uh, whatever you know and it could have been all a work day none of this was planned none of it was deserved okay it was family day you know so on the way over we stop at the, the fish hatchery and we you know we're scaring fish and uh, having a good time with that we spent 30 or 40 minutes there taking pictures and oh we had a great time with Haley there uh, me and Larry and Lance just all we do is pick up Haley for we're gonna throw her in and she screams and screams and screams and gets mad and runs away. And then we let her settle down. And then we sneak up behind her and do it again. We did it like four times, you know. Um, it was great. You know, fourth time I pick her up. She's like, no, no. And I said, why do you do this? You know I'm not going to throw you in. You know, why do you even throw a fit? I don't know. You know. So we leave the fish hatchery. We get over to Ventura. We get over to the beach. Um, and we start walking on the beach. We had so much fun walking on the beach. We, uh, my, my wife is obsessed um, with stuff on the beach. She thinks it's like valuable. <laughs> you know, I'm no rocks. She just thinks rocks off the beach. There's some value to them. You know, you, I'm telling you, you take her to a beach and she's like, she starts picking stuff up. I mean, five minutes on the beach, she comes back, she's got all these rocks just, you know, in her hoodie. She's got them all strapped. I'm like, we're not taking all those home. Oh, please. You know, if there's seashells, it's even worse. I mean, she's broken ones. It doesn't matter. I mean, just little, tiny, big. It doesn't. She's she's like hoarding seashells. I mean, I, you could go to places where they're you know everywhere. They're like grains of sand, but she's hoarding seashells. She's obsessive about p- picking stuff up. We had so much fun at the beach. We threw the football. We took a walk. We made fun of each other. The waves were huge. We sat down for a little while and rested and watched the waves and we talked and. So Haley's having a great time. We took a walk. We read a, a Bible chapter. We just had a good time. After we got to the beach, she had asked me on the way to the beach, hey, Dad, can we get some ice cream today? And I said, sure, we'll get some ice cream today. So we were going to go get something to eat. We, then one restaurant was too long of a wait. The ice cream shop had a really long line. I had to get back for music practice that night. So I said, hey, let's just get in the car, and we'll get something to eat on the way home. And 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 now meltdown because Haley wanted ice cream now and so her attitude just totally changes I'm like hey what's wrong ice cream. And she starts to cry and pout and now think about this we've gone out to breakfast 
We've gone to GameStop, bought two DS games. We've got in the car. We went to the fish hatchery, pretended to throw her in multiple times. We went to the beach. We played. We picked up rocks. We watched the ocean. We did lots of fun stuff. Now, because she's not getting ice cream now, when she wants it, right now, she's it's going to ruin the whole day. It's going to take her good attitude. And it was a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Her attitude... In this case, her spirit was a moving object that was contingent upon everything going right for her all the time. And so, so often in our lives, anytime things are going right, I'm happy. But the minute something goes wrong, and not even real wrong, just the minute something goes the way I wasn't expecting it to or that doesn't please me 100% that becomes the one trigger that trips my attitude or trips my spirit and suddenly my spirit instead of being this fixed dynamic this fixed entity in my life Daniel had an excellent spirit instead of it being like that it becomes like a bouncing ball that's never in the same position And my life becomes completely unpredictable. And I become a kind of person that is impossible to really live with. Because it's always a guess where my attitude is and am I happy or not. And everybody around me has to dance and and walk this delicate walk like we're walking on eggshells or thin ice. Because the very first misstep They're going to set my attitude off and know that the rest of the time I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to make everybody else miserable around me because something didn't go my way. Now Haley gets into that mode. She gets into this mode where her attitude is dependent on her circumstances. So as long as the circumstances are going the way she wants them to, she's happy and everybody around her can be happy. But the minute something doesn't go exactly like she wanted, doesn't matter how small, like she wanted, now I'm not happy and so you all can't be happy because I'm going to throw a fit. And she began to throw that fit. And I said, I, I, I stopped her. I said, you look at me. Every now and then with Haley, I'll, do, I'll, I'll, I'll have to like grab her attention. I'll, hey, 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 wait, stop. Look at me right now. No, don't cry. Look at me. And this is what I did to her. I said, listen to me. We went out to breakfast. We got DS games. We went to the fish hatchery. We had a good time in the car. We had a good time at the beach. We've had a, if we don't get ice cream, if we stop now and there's no ice cream in this day, this has been a good day trying to teach her how to not let her attitude, her spirit, rest upon her circumstances. Now I said, Haley, we're going to get ice cream after we eat. I promise you we're going to get ice cream. And you know what? We did end up getting ice cream. It just wasn't when she wanted it, how she wanted it. Now listen, coming back to that statement I gave you a minute ago, your spirit is a reflection, not of your circumstances. Haley's spirit or her bad spirit was not a reflection of, well, give her ice cream, a good night. Who wouldn't have a bad attitude if you, if, if you didn't get ice cream? No, her spirit was a reflection of her heart. It was a reflection of who she is. Now listen, what did that circumstance expose about Haley? It exposed that her emotions were governing her spirit. Her, her emotions were controlling her attitude. And her emotions were in the hands of her circumstances. So as long as everything goes right, everything's happy. As long as everything's not going right, everything's miserable. That's not how God wants you to live. 
Okay? And whether it's parents divorcing or whether it's you name it, something doesn't go your way in life and your attitude changes, it's not a reflection of what's going on around you. It's a reflection of what's going on in you. It's your choice. Okay? Let me have you write some things down here. Number one, how do I get a good attitude? How do I get an excellent spirit? How to get one? I'm going to give you three thoughts here real quick. How, where does this really, really good spirit come from? Number one, it's a product of being close to God. It's a product of being close to God. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Why? Because he knew God. And he walked with God. And, and I've watched this for a long, long time in people's lives. Someone whose attitude is up and down, up and down, up and down, completely unpredictable. Or somebody whose attitude is perpetually negative or bad. They don't, they don't know God. They might be even saved, but they don't know God. Because the product of being close to God is joy. And when you walk with God, He strengthens your heart. He settles your heart. He puts something in you that produces a good attitude. He becomes the anchor of your emotions. He becomes the anchor of your spirit. So all of a sudden, everything in life can be going wrong, but because you're close to God and you know God's in control and God is good to you, you're able to, even though other people are doing other things in your life that affect you negatively, you're able to just keep a good spirit. Now think about Daniel. Think about Joseph. Think about other men like this in the Bible who had bad things happen to them, but they still kept a good attitude, a good spirit about life. If anybody deserved to have a good, a bad spirit, it was Daniel. I mean, his life did not go the way he wanted it to. And I look out at you guys, and I see some of you, and some of the things you mentioned, difficult trial, difficult things to bear. I think Johnny Aubrey, good night. If there's anybody in this room that has a reason to wake up every day going, this stinks. If there's anybody in this room that has a reason to mope through every day going, man, this stinks. This stinks. He does. I, mean, I think of people in this room who have lost a family member through some tragic death or situation. If there's anybody that has a right to wake up and go, man, this stinks. Those people do. But Daniel, in spite of the fact that he had a right to say, this stinks. He didn't. You know why? Because he was close to God. Being close to God kept his heart from going the wrong direction with his trial, with his hardship. Being close to God was an anchor to him. And he was able to wake up and go, okay, yeah, it's not what I would have chosen, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to love God. I'm going to have an excellent spirit today because I have, I've got to live this day and tomorrow and the next week and I've got a future... It's a product of being close to God. Write this down number secondly. It's a decision of the heart. It's a decision of the heart. I do a lot of counseling in a lot of situations I wish I could rectify. I wish I could make right. Somebody comes in, sits down in my office, they begin to cry about some injustice or some terrible situation. Somebody's been abusive. 
Somebody's been harsh or mean. Somebody's been unkind at school or in the youth group. Somebody's, somebody's treated you or done something to you or, or something's happened to you that you flat did not deserve. And you know what? It happens to all of us. And in every one of those situations, I want to say, you know, oh, that's unfair. You shouldn't have to deal with that. You shouldn't be bearing the brunt of somebody else's decision. It, it's too bad that your mom and dad divorced. It's too bad that your dad left or your mom left. It's too bad that this accident happened and you lost this loved one. Nobody should have to deal with this. It's just wrong. It's, it's tragic. It's terrible. Uh, it's terrible that you didn't make the team or the cheerleading squad or you didn't make fine arts and what you tried out for. It's terrible that uh, somebody treated you unjustly. It's terrible that you got a detention or demerit or several demerits that you didn't deserve. It was maybe somebody else's fault. It's terrible. Yeah, those things, oh, I wish I could make those right. And you know what? They're everywhere all the time. Always, always, always. Somebody's being treated in a way they shouldn't be or, uh, or getting some kind of situation that they didn't deserve. You know what, though? There's so, guys, think about it. There's so many things that are just out of our control. That's really the frustrating thing about it. It's out of my control, it's out of Johnny's control that his dad left. Can I use this for an example? You, you brought it up a minute ago. There's not a thing he can do to change it, there's not a thing I can do to change it, and that's what I hate. I hate that. Because what I want to do is fix it, because he doesn't deserve that. There's not a thing we can do about it. Somebody wrote a little while ago, my parents are always fighting. You know, there's really nothing you can do about that. You can't win the fight. You can't get in and go, okay, everybody shut up. You, you can't. You want to. As a teenager, you want to go, look, you go to your corner and you go to your corner, time out. <laughs> I'm going to beat both of you if you don't straighten up. That's what you want to do, but you can't. You really can't control whether your parents fight or not. I've had teenagers come to me that were struggling with bad music, and they said, you know what, Brother Schmidt, I'd like to give up my bad music, but my parents listen to it. And I say, you know what? You can control what you listen to. You can't control what they listen to. And sometimes you can't control what they make you listen to. Your parents are driving, and you get in the back seat, and they turn on the bad music. That's out of your control. And by the way, just as a little rabbit trail, God doesn't hold you accountable for that decision. Okay. He does hold you accountable for when you are in control. Uh, we sat yesterday at TGI Fridays and we ate lunch and had a great time together. And I was so proud of Bryant because about two-thirds of the way through lunch, he got up. I, I wish I'd have thought of this, frankly. I didn't. I was too, too much goofing off with everybody and enjoying the time. Bryant got up and went and talked to the, wait, to the waitress or somebody and said, could you turn the music down? And I was, I was proud of, of him for doing that. Uh, there are some environments, you know, at a theme park, things like that, you, you really don't have control of everything you're hearing all the time. When you're in your room and you put your earbuds in or you're in your car and you turn the radio on or the CD, you are in control. There's things that are out of our control. We just can't change the circumstances. I can't bring Johnny's parents back together. I can't bring James Blackburn's father back. I can't rectify these situations. I wish I could. But you and I, in all these situations, have to wake up and decide, okay, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? What's this going to do to my spirit? And you have to decide what you're going to let the circumstances do to your spirit. It's a choice of the heart. Having an exceptional attitude is a product of being close to God. It's a product of the decision you make in your own heart. And that's what I'm trying to teach Haley. 
We don't cry and pout about ice cream. That's not even on the radar. I'm trying to help her understand. We're not going to let our spirit be governed by such petty things. Number three, it's a product of a close walk with God. It's a product of a decision of the heart. Thirdly, it's a product of the influences you allow. The influences you allow. So how do I get an, a bad attitude? Don't be close to God. Don't make right decisions in your heart about your spirit and then just bring in lots of influences that put a bad attitude in you. Now listen very carefully and we'll wrap this up here. A bad spirit is fed by something. Okay, So it might start in your heart, but there are lots of influences that are like pouring gasoline on a spark. You take a match, throw it on the ground, and you pour a cup of gasoline out. All of a sudden, you have a flammable combination. You take a difficult situation. You take a broken home. You take a trial. You take a few friends that rejected you or treated you wrong. You take a a breakup. You take something like that, and that's the spark. Okay, what God wants to do through His Holy Spirit is produce a right spirit in you. In spite of the circumstances, He wants to, he wants to keep you strong and, and, and excellent in your spirit. What the devil wants to do is bring some gasoline into your life that will take that spark of a trial or a, just something in life that just stinks and he wants to pour gas on it. And I watch this all the time. Let me tell you why I don't listen to bad music. It's not because I don't enjoy it. I would enjoy a lot of CCM. I would enjoy a lot of secular music. I value my attitude too much. And I can tell you of times, I can tell you of times where a song or a style of music inside of me. You say, well, I listen to it and it doesn't affect my attitude. You're wrong. I could pretty much go through this room and pick out who listens to the world's music. Just wouldn't surprise me because it shows. It shows in your in your countenance, in your attitude, in your lifestyle, it shows. I would encourage you to say, you know, I it's not about liking that music. I, I like that music. Okay, It's about, what do I want my attitude to be? I'm not going to listen to music. I'm not going to watch TV or entertainment. I'm not going to hang around people. I think with teenagers, the two big ones, here it is, the two things that affect your attitude, number one is other people. Okay, You get around friends, and friends' attitudes are contagious. And when you're around somebody, man, this stinks. Yeah, this stinks. You're right, this does stink. But I've seen other teenagers, you know, we could be doing the dumbest thing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is cool. And suddenly, something that, this, you know, 10 other teenagers, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Take 10 others with a good attitude. That's the coolest thing we ever did. You know, Chief Ooga Booga. I know teenagers that sit there and go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But then other teenagers are like, that was hilarious. And it's really had nothing to do with what we were watching. It had everything to do with the heart. 
But I'm telling you, that's contagious. You get around somebody that everything stinks, pretty soon you'll think everything stinks. You get around somebody that has a bad relationship with their parents and they're always bagging on their parents, pretty soon you'll be bagging on your parents. And you'll start, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Never thought of it that way. I had a good attitude about my parents till yesterday. Now I really, they stink too. I don't even like mine anymore. And all, not because your parents did anything different. Not because you don't really like them. Just because you hang around a person who can't stand their parents. All of a sudden, you just start feeling that way towards your parents. The people you hang around and the music you listen to are the two biggest things that make your attitude, your spirit. Okay. What are the blessings of a good attitude or a good spirit? You get... God's favor, you get man's favor. You just get a winning life. Everything goes better. Turn to Psalm 51, 10. We're, gonna, we're done. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And verse 10. And this is a prayer that everybody, everyone ought to pray, honestly. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and what? Renew a right spirit within me. Renew a right spirit within me. Somewhere about ninth grade for me, I'm going to give you a quick personal testimony and then we're done. For me, somewhere about ninth grade, I looked around. I just kind of set, I just kind of pulled back and I looked around the landscape of my youth group, my Christian school. And I, I studied it. And I saw people with bad attitudes just perpetually bad attitudes, arrogant attitudes, stuck-up attitudes, whatever, you know. And I saw people with good attitudes. And the people with bad attitudes, no matter what we did for a youth activity, no matter, no matter what was happening, no matter what teacher it was or what subject it was or what we were, it's just kind of always, just always. And then the people with good attitudes were just enjoying Life, youth group, school, family, this, everything's good. And I kind of looked at that and thought, you know, I bet that's how life is. I bet no matter where I go in life, there'll always be these suck on lemons kind of people. And there'll always be these everything's going to be good kind of people. You know what? I'm 41, and everywhere I've been, everywhere in life, always, there's always those two groups of people. There's always the people that, and then there's always the people that, hey, great, it's good. And then the internet came around, and the same thing. There are people who do blogs and chat rooms and forums, and it's just all gossip, slander, trash. And then there's those with good attitudes and those with helpful something helpful to say and something encouraging to say. And I made a decision. I'm not going to be a part of that crowd. Not, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to walk around with a bad spirit in life. Why? Because the statement I gave you at the very beginning, and I want you to say it with me, the very first statement I gave you, people with a good attitude, what? What's that? They go further. People with a good attitude go further. Always. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.org.
www.adu.